After spending five months in the Gospels, we're finally leaving them behind and moving into Acts. Today we look at Sapphira, the first woman mentioned by name who was a part of the early church. Though her name means beautiful, her actions were not so lovely. Hi, and welcome to All God's Women. I'm Sharon Wilharm, your host for the show, and I'm excited to take you on a journey through the Bible, one woman at a time. We look at women you've heard about all your life and women you've never heard of. Each has a story to tell, and I love sharing them. Together, we discover life lessons we can take away from each of these ancient women and apply them to our modern-day lives. Join us each week for the latest episode of All God's Women. We meet Sapphira in Acts 5, but in order to fully appreciate her story, we need to first put her in context. In the first four chapters of Acts, we're introduced to the early days of the Christian church. In Acts 1.8, right before he ascended to heaven, Jesus commanded the believers to be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It was a serious command and not one to be taken lightly. After Jesus' ascension, his disciples, which included his mother and the other women, returned to Jerusalem to the upper room where they were staying and met with prayer and supplication. It was there on the day of Pentecost that they received the Holy Spirit. As the apostles spoke in tongues so that Jews from other nations could understand their words, The crowds were amazed and perplexed. Peter preached and thousands were saved. The Christian church grew. Acts 2, 44-45 tells us, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. They met daily in the temple. They ate together and they praised God, and the Lord added daily to those who were being saved. Of course, the religious leaders became aware of what was going on, and after Peter and John healed a lame man in Jesus' name, the leaders grew concerned and arrested them, ordering them to no longer preach in the name of Jesus. This only emboldened the apostles and believers in their desire to spread the truth. In Acts 4.32, we're told again, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Those who had land and houses sold them, and they gave the proceeds to the apostles who then distributed as needed. In Acts 4, 36-37, we learn of a specific believer named Barnabas who sold land and gave the money from it to the apostles. Now, before I continue, let me make a quick note. For some reason, in my episode on Pilate's wife, I called Barabbas Barnabas. I have no idea why I did that, as I certainly knew his correct name. Fortunately, a faithful listener pointed it out to me so that I could correct it. Anyway, Back to Sapphira. Immediately following the example of Barnabas' generous contribution, we have the story of Sapphira and her husband, Ananias. 
Acts 5 tells us that they had a piece of property and sold it. Then they kept back part of the proceeds and took the rest to the apostles, presenting it as the full amount. It says they were both involved and aware of what they were doing. But when Ananias took the offering, Peter questioned it. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Peter pointed out that no one asked Ananias to sell the property. No one had told him to give it all. He could have kept it. He could have acknowledged he was only sharing a portion. Instead, he chose not just to lie to men, but to lie to God. Ananias immediately fell down and died. All those who heard what went on were scared. Young men came, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Three hours later, Sapphira came in. She had no idea what had happened to Ananias. She probably entered expecting to be praised for her generosity. Instead, Peter asked her if they had indeed sold the property for the amount they had given to the church. She confirmed, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately, she too fell to her feet and died. Those same young men came, wrapped her up, carried her out, and buried her next to her husband. As word got out of their deaths, great fear came upon the church and all who heard what happened. Wow, pretty dramatic story, isn't it? So what's going on here? First, let's start by discussing the whole communal living. This was not an early example of modern-day communism or socialism. This lifestyle was not thrust upon the individuals, but rather church members made the choice to give and to meet the needs of the others. It worked for the time because it developed community and support for each other. The early Christians became like family. Because the world was watching, the witness of those early Christians was important. They were representing Jesus and his teachings. It was crucial that they set a good example. I can imagine the atmosphere among the believers as their numbers rose and as they grew together in their spiritual walk. It was a time of excitement. Perhaps Ananias and Sapphira got caught up in that excitement. They saw others like Barnabas giving generously, and they wanted to do the same. But something held them back. Was it fear? Were they afraid that if they gave it all, they wouldn't have enough for themselves? Was it greed? Were they torn between the desire to give and their love of money? Was it pride? Did they give so that they could receive the accolades from their fellow believers? Whatever their motivation, they deceived themselves in thinking that they could give a portion and present it as a whole. They probably saw it as a little white lie. They were doing a good thing giving to the church. It made up for the little sin of holding back. What they didn't account for was that while they might have been able to fool the people, God is no fool. 
He will not be mocked. He made that clear to all when he brought on death to the double-dealing couple. He showed how serious it is to take lightly our dealings with God. Just as the early Christians were filled with fear when they heard what happened, so should we too take this story to heart, lest think we can somehow sin without God finding out. Though you may think you're being discreet, though you may think no one else knows, we cannot hide sins. Even if no one else knows what you're doing, God knows, and He will deal with you. I say this not to scare you, but rather to encourage you to make right any wrongs that you've committed. Sapphira had a chance to redeem herself. She could have admitted what they had done. Instead, she dug herself even deeper by lying to Peter. If you're living in sin, today is the day to get right. If you're a believer, the world is watching you. When they see you doing what they know is wrong, it hinders their chances of discovering the truth. Make it right by repenting of your sin. Admit your failures to Christ, asking Him to forgive you. We serve a God of second chances. He has unending mercy and grace. But in order to receive that mercy and grace, we must repent and ask for forgiveness. Please, don't delay. Do it today. Lord God, you are a good and kind God, but we know that you will not be mocked. I ask, Lord, that you will awaken to us all that we're doing that is displeasing to you. Forgive us. Give us the strength to fight the temptations to do wrong. Guide us so that we might know the way to go. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your kindness. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. That concludes today's episode of All God's Women. Tune in next week when we look at Dorcas, a talented and generous woman. I appreciate so much those of you who have reached out to me, letting me know how this podcast has helped you to study the Bible and grow deeper in your spiritual walk. If you haven't done so already, please go to my website at allgodswomen.com where you can find Bible study questions, thoughts to ponder, additional Bible reading to help you get the most out of each and every episode of All God's Women. Until next week. Goodbye. If you enjoy listening to All God's Women podcast and radio show, you're going to love my brand new Women of Prayer Bible study. Get to know the character of God by studying the prayers of women in the Bible. Grab your copy today, available in paperback and Kindle.